morning. Welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Bibb, and a special warm welcome to any guests or visitors joining us on this fourth Sunday in Advent, this Sunday where we continue very much in our anticipation, and you could say that this Sunday is really pregnant with joy as we are waiting for the commemoration of the incarnation and birth of our Savior. So I'll direct your attention to the inside of the back cover of the bulletin where we have our Focused on Christ section, a summary of the readings in the service this day. The coming of God in all his unveiled power at Mount Sinai was terrifying to the people of Israel. The thundering voice of the Lord puts sinners in fear of death. God, therefore, raised up a prophet like Moses, the Messiah, the Christ. God came to his people veiled in human flesh. The skies poured down the righteous one from heaven. The earth opened her womb and brought forth salvation through the Blessed Virgin Mary, the mother of our Lord. The fruit of her womb is the very Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, the one whose sandal strap John was not worthy to loose. In Jesus, we are delivered from fear and anxiety. In him alone, we have the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. We have the great joy of receiving Christ as he comes to us in his body and his blood, in and under bread and wine for the forgiveness of our sins. Therefore, those joining us at the altar this day, in accordance with God's word, that we be united in our confession, and not just concerning the supper, but in all things pertaining to what we confess concerning the Christian faith, we ask that all those joining us at the altar be members either of this congregation or of a sister congregation of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, joining together in that one common confession of the Christian faith. It is the fourth Sunday in Advent. Our service for this day is Divine Service Setting 3. As it begins on page 184, we now sing the opening hymn. Stir up your power, O Lord, and come, and help us by your might, that the sins which weigh us down may be quickly lifted by your grace and mercy. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Old Testament reading for the fourth Sunday in Advent is from Deuteronomy chapter 18. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your brothers. It is to him you shall listen, just as you desired of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly when you said, Let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, or see this great fire anymore, lest I die. And the Lord said to me, They are right in what they have spoken. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. And whoever will not listen to my words, that he shall speak in my name, I myself will require it of him. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from Philippians chapter 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the first chapter. Glory be to you, Lord. 
this is the testimony of John, which the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, No. So they said to him, Who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, Then why are you baptizing if you are neither the Christ nor Elijah nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water. But among you stands one you do not know, even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. These things took place in Bethany across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. Grace, grace, mercy, and peace, forgive me, be unto you from God the Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The sermon this day is based upon the gospel lesson, which we just heard read a moment ago. Well, dear saints of God, on this fourth Sunday in Advent, we hear from John the Baptist again, only this time we see him where we expect him to be. We see him doing what we expect him to do, preaching God's word, baptizing in the Jordan River, and having a rather blunt exchange with those who have been sent from the Pharisees. And yet, despite this, the attention is really not on John. In fact, the whole conversation John has with those sent from the Pharisees is this, I am not the Christ. I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, make straight way for the Lord. John is not the Christ. John is not the Savior. He is the forerunner, the one who prepares the way for Christ the Lord. So then it begs the question, just what was John preaching? What was the content of his teaching and his preaching to the people? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That is what St. Matthew records. So how was he preparing the Lord's way? Well, we read in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke that the people were going out to be baptized by John in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. And St. Luke tells us that John went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And that with many other exhortations, he preached good news, literally gospel, to the people. John was preaching the good news that the promised Savior, the Christ, was at hand. He even told those sent from the Pharisees, I baptize with water, but among you stands one you do not know. Even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. So, why had the Christ come to us? Well, our collect of the day that we prayed earlier, it tells us why. Stir up your power, O Lord, and come and help us by your might, that the sins which weigh us down may be quickly lifted. By your grace and mercy. Jesus comes in his might and he comes with his grace and his mercy to lift the burden of your sin which weighs you down. Well, you know this burden. You know this weight all too well. All through Advent, this season of preparation, you've been praying, O come, Emmanuel, ransom captive Israel. O come, thou wisdom from on high. O come, thou Lord of might. O come, thou branch of Jesse's tree. Free us from Satan's tyranny. We trust thy mighty power to save. Give us victory over the grave. 
And this, dear saints, you who are weighed down by your sin, your shame, and the ever-increasing darkness of this world, this is when St. Paul's words come to us as a resounding refrain of hope. Rejoice! Rejoice in the Lord always again, I will say rejoice. Why? How? Because Emmanuel has come, God with us, your Christ, your Lord of might, the Lord of might has come. And he's done the very thing that we prayed for in the introit this day. Rain down, you heavens from above, and let the skies pour down the righteous one. Let the earth open her womb and bring forth salvation. Like a longed-for rain that breaks the despair of drought, Christ comes to rain down his righteousness and his salvation upon you. He comes to lift the burden of your sin and bear it to the cross where it is crucified with him. This is the one John the Baptist proclaims. This is the good news he preaches. Repent for the kingdom of God is near. It is near because the king of heaven is near. He is the one who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. He is your redeemer, even your kinsman redeemer, who will purchase and win you back from all sins, from death, and from the power of the devil, not with gold or silver, but with his holy precious blood and with his innocent suffering and death. Christ Jesus is the key of David and the scepter of the house of Israel who opens and no one can close and who closes and no one can open. He has come to rescue the prisoners who are in darkness and the shadow of death. Christ has come. Alleluia. Jesus is the long-promised and longed-for Savior who crushed the head of the serpent Satan upon the cross. Jesus is the righteous one who took upon himself your unrighteousness precisely in order to make you righteous and holy before your Father in heaven. Jesus has accomplished your salvation and freed you from the tyranny of sin and death. And after his three-day rest in the tomb, he rose triumphant and glorified from the grave. He ascended to the right hand of the Father, where he lives and reigns now over all things. Jesus is Lord, and he is King. Now, throughout Advent, we have also prayed, O Adonai, and ruler of the house of Israel, who appeared to Moses in the burning bush and gave him the law on Sinai, come with an outstretched arm and redeem us. And so he has. All thanks and praise be to God the Father for the giving of his Son, our Savior, You see, Jesus is the coming one John preached when he was baptizing by the Jordan, and the same Jesus is the coming one faithful pastors still preach today. What was true of John the Baptist then is true of pastors today. I am not the Christ. I am not Elijah. I am not the promised prophet we heard of in the Old Testament reading. That is Jesus. Pastors who are faithful to God's word, they join their voices with John the Baptist proclaiming, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. See, the call of all Christian pastors is to preach Christ crucified and resurrected for sinners. We are not to seek our own kingdoms, but rather the kingdom of God. We are not to seek our own glory, but rather to glorify the living God in our preaching, teaching, baptizing, absolving, and communing of Christ's sheep. Like John, all Christian pastors are to decrease while Jesus increases. We are to be faithful to the word above all things. And you know what? We fail very often, for we are sinners. 
Pastors and church leaders are tempted to build themselves up, abuse their power, and in doing so, abuse those under their charge. Pastors are tempted to be, as Martin Luther calls them, lazy bellies, those who serve their own flesh rather than the Christ who died to redeem all flesh. To all Christian pastors, John's voice booms across the centuries, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. But you see, John's preaching is not just for the under-shepherds of Christ. It is for Christ's sheep also. The sins which weigh you down are there because you chose them. Perhaps it was something you did or something you failed to do. Maybe you just forgot. Regardless, the weight settles upon your hearts and minds, causing your whole body to be weighed down. Oh sure, you do your best to bear up under all of it and act like it doesn't bother you. I'm fine, you think. I can take it. All the while, sin begets sin, and burden begets burden. One sharp, snarky word spoken leads to another hurtful comment. Indulging in one sinful vice leads to more shameful choices. Greed leads to more greed, lust to more lust, and to more pain. Spiritual sloth, apathy, and indifference toward God's word leads to more of the same. Your avoidance of God's house and God's word leads to weeks or even months away from the preaching of Christ's word and the reception of his body and his blood. The weight of your sin weighs you down until you cannot take another step, and that is when John's voice cries out to you, Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. And from beneath the burden, your heart prays, Stir up your power, O Lord, and come. Help me by your might that my sins which weigh me down may be quickly lifted by your grace and your mercy. You see that, dear saint, is when Jesus speaks through his called and ordained servant, I forgive you all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Take, eat, this is the body of Christ given for you for the forgiveness of your sins. Take, drink, this is the blood of Christ shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. Rejoice, rejoice. Emmanuel has come to you, O Israel. Jesus has come. He has lifted the burden of your sin by his might, his grace, and his mercy. Your iniquity, it is pardoned. Your sins, forgiven. You see, you are redeemed, bought back, and beloved by God. He has not forgotten you, for he cannot forget his own. He has not forsaken you, for he has promised to be with you always, and he is. In simple word, water, bread, and wine, Christ comes to you now to fulfill all he has promised. He comes to you full of grace and full of mercy. His blood-bought forgiveness is yours, and you are his. The Christ who came that night in Bethlehem, who was born of the Virgin Mary, who was crucified, died, and buried, and raised for our justification, and who has ascended to the right hand of the Father in glory, he will come again. Jesus, our Emmanuel, he is the coming one. And so our prayer is this. Come then, O Lord Jesus, from our sins release us. Keep our hearts believing that we, grace receiving, ever may confess you till in heaven. We bless you. Amen. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. In peace, let us pray to the Lord.
for our congregation, which has rejoiced at the first advent of Christ in the flesh, in his continual advent among us in his word and sacrament, and which awaits his second advent for judgment at the last day, that God would keep us in this word and faith unto the end. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all the faithful, that they may celebrate the birth of Christ by hearing the word, singing his praises, and receiving his body and blood. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For God's institution of marriage between one man and one woman, established even before Adam and Eve's fall into sin, that God would preserve it against all attack, and that he would bless the church with many children and families that reflect the order of his creation. Let us pray to the Lord. For the nations of the world, that in every place the people who delight in war would be scattered and peace would be established, and that the hungry may be fed with good things. Let us pray to the Lord. For all women with child and all mothers with infant children, that God would grant them increasing happiness and their blessings for the lonely, the depressed, and the despairing, for the sick and recovering, especially Kian Robb, Jennifer Plackmeyer, Barb Lyon, Shirley Dover, Chuck Taney, John Montman, Ron Lyon, Bob Rash, Chuck Lichty, Erlene Lakey, Lisa Rash, and Ted Phillips, for also the anxious and the dying, and for those who mourn, that they would take comfort in the resurrection. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all who receive the body and blood of Christ this day, that they may have the peace that surpasses understanding, the gladness that no man can take from them, and the hope that does not fade away. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. O God, your love invites us to rejoice in your goodness. In every circumstance of life, teach us the joy that comes from knowing your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, and eagerly expecting his gracious visitation through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Once again, good morning and welcome on this chilly but beautiful day that the Lord has granted to us. Looking ahead at our announcements, of course, immediately following service, Bible study, and the children having a program practice leading up to our uh, Christmas Eve service and uh, um, children's program. And then this evening, uh, please don't miss it. If you're able to join us, it would be wonderful. We have our choir concert at 7 p.m. Uh, and as the announcement says, the chorale has invited you for an evening of sacred hymns and carols commemorating and celebrating the incarnation and birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It really will be quite a joyous evening. Christmas cards are available in the card rack in the library if you desire those. If you have any questions at all, please talk to Louise Brown. She's happy to help you. And then, of course, a reminder, uh, again, that our children's Christmas program and Christmas Eve service are coming up this Saturday. Uh, that's Christmas Eve at 5.45, just keeping with that time that we've had for our evening services throughout Advent. Uh, tomorrow, just a reminder, 1.30, Easter Bible study. And then this Wednesday, a little bit different of a schedule in that we don't have midweek school now that all the kids are going to be on break. So at 9 o'clock in the morning, our Lutheran Confession study group, and then that evening, supper at 5, followed by our final midweek service at 5.45, uh, and then fitness class following that at 6.30. And again, a reminder that um, not quite a week from today, Christmas Eve, it is something that it falls on a Saturday and then a Sunday this year. Uh, we have our Christmas Eve service and children's program at 5.45. Anything I may have missed? Yes.
Thank you, Mara. Uh, yes. Um, it's my understanding that if we have 12 people, that we would only have to do one Sunday in the whole class. Right. It doesn't have to be a huge commitment. If you could get enough people, then you're just looking for only one. And I also understood that the new staff volunteered to assist. As helpers? Yes, as helpers. So you wouldn't be by yourself. Like if I volunteered, I wouldn't be by myself. It's no, thank you, ladies. And just in case you couldn't hear that, uh, there's no obligation to commit for the entire 12-week period of time if you just want to take a week. Uh, then if we have enough volunteers that each take a week, you only have one week that you're responsible for. And we also have some of our youth who have agreed to be helpers for the class. They're not going to take the whole thing themselves. But they're happy to help you out. And if you're not comfortable with that lowest age range, you can switch off with one of the other teachers, teach a higher age range, and then one of them will move down and teach the preschool class. So thank you very much. And then also, before I forget, this is sort of a coming soon. So in January, uh, we'll have our first meeting um, regarding the upcoming Higher Things Conference next summer. So more details are to come. I don't want to throw that out to you with all of its details right now before Christmas because, let's be honest, it'll be forgotten. There's a lot going on. So just after the new year, uh, look for that announcement about the Higher Things Conference next summer for the youth, and that will uh, be in regard to registration. So do be thinking about whether or not you would like to go. This is open to any confirmed youth. Uh, I believe the age is 14 and over, but I'll have to look uh, because they've kind of lowered some of the age requirements there. It just matters how many chaperones then that we have, of course. That brings us to the end of our announcements. Go in God's peace, knowing that Christ has come to save you. He has done it, and you are his by grace. I'll greet you at the door.